You're listening to Shaping Narratives, a collection of voices from West Michigan's communities of color. Brought to you by WGVU, NPR, and PBS in West Michigan, and in partnership with the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. The voice of today's podcast is Christine Wangi, host of WGVU's The Black Honest Truth, a podcast exploring the distinct experiences that African immigrants and African Americans have with blackness. A first-generation transplant from Nairobi, Kenya, Christine has degrees from both the U.S. and England. Her medical and health background help her find expert voices to discuss health at home and isolation. Today we are joined by Nicole Hansen, a District Executive Director of Community Engagement and Youth Development at the YMCA of Greater Grand Rapids. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so... We know when the pandemic led school districts across the country to close in March, there were a lot of questions about whether children who may face food insecurity would survive and still have access to food. So please tell our listeners about the food distribution program that the YMCA has been running for children in need during this statewide school closure. Sure. So our YMCA food service department actually provides meals year round to the the schools within our community that have um, a significant number of children that are on free or reduced um, meal programs. And so we were ready and um, waiting in the wings to to understand and learn how we could step into uh, distributing emergency meal sacks to our community as soon as we knew that schools were potentially going to close. And as soon as we we heard um, what the extent um, and how you know far and wide the, the closures were going to reach and impact families, we very quickly worked at um, restructuring how we operated our kitchen to um, what was typically a, a more of a banquet style, family meal style um, service program to a meal sack program. And so we connected with many of our community partners who we had already been working with through our community engagement work and asked them if they'd be willing to be a host site for us. And um, we created a team and and pulled in uh, employees from the YMCA that are are used to being out in the community and working with our community partners and asked them to now be food service um, distributors. So um, we identified sites, uh, we started to develop that team and um, understood the need that was going to be present now that children weren't able to receive, um, in most cases, their breakfast, lunch, and even a snack from, from their school system. So we definitely stepped into that space and have been providing meals for, um, we're kind of wrapping up our seventh week now of, of providing meals. And um, by the end of the week, we will have surpassed um, about 50,000 meals that we've served already to the community. Wow, that is a great initiative, Nicole. So what are the qualifying criteria that families have to meet when they arrive at your host site? And are there any kind of documentation or identification that are needed for them to access food at your host sites? Almost nothing at all. Um, The only thing they need to identify to us is how many children they have. And so their children do not need to be physically present. 
you know, one of our core values is honesty. And so we're asking that our community be honest with us. So if an adult comes to our, our food distribution, one of our locations and says that they have five children that they need to feed, we will give them five meal sacks. Um, each adult is able to get up to 10 meals for those back at their, at their homes. You know, we understand that, and you know, everybody's home is, is made up differently. And we want to make sure that, um, you know, if, if myself as an adult and, and as a parent or guardian of maybe three kids, I might be living with my sisters or siblings and, and have that extended family living under one roof. And so families um, or the adult can pick up um, as many, you know, youth meals, as many children's meals as they identify up to 10 meals per time. Wow. And that is that it. They don't need documentation. We don't need to know their address. We don't need to even see the children present. Um, we just ask that, you know, they be honest with us and we'll provide them the meals that they need. Wow, that sounds very, very accessible. And I'm sure our community is very grateful that this service is so accessible. So do you know or have an idea of how long this program will run? Will it run to the extent um, that the school um, school schedule would have run or is this going to go on as long as we are in the pandemic um, situation? So every day I feel it changes a little bit. And so what we thought we were only going to be able to, to run in this specific capacity that we are currently running was going to be um, June 5th. However, we received great word uh, uh, yesterday, actually, um, Wednesday of this week, that we can extend this program and service through the end of June. So as of right now, our plan is to offer this food distribution in the similar way that we're offering today um, till the end of June. We may need to change up our locations a little bit, not, you know, once summer begins and if, you know, other organizations that we're working with start to reopen and we'll move their, their parking lot as accessible as possible. So we might need to adjust some of our sites, but we certainly will be present in the community through June 30th and potentially beyond. Our, our goal, um, we do, like I said, serve meals year round. And so in the summertime, we do serve meals um, already and have planned to do so. It just may look a little bit different um, come July onwards than what, how we're doing it today. But we will be present in the community providing meals throughout the course of the summer. That's fantastic. So Nicole, how can listeners gain more information on how to access food at host sites? Um, how can they donate towards this program or even volunteer towards this effort? Yep. So we have um, our website is a great resource and you can go right to it at grynca.org backslash coronavirus dash community dash support dash action. Or what's even more simple is we have a, a space where you can just go to to text to give. If you're looking to, to give and donate to this program monetarily, you can text to give at 616-236-2819. Or just in general, to find out more information in totality about all of our, our accessible programs, visiting our website at grymca.org. Fantastic. Nicole, thank you so much for your time today. We are so grateful for the work that the YMCA is doing towards um, affording our children food during this time. And we thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Christine. Appreciate it. 
Shaping Narratives, a collection of voices from West Michigan's communities of color, is brought to you in partnership with the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, a partner with communities where children come first. Want to hear more Shaping Narratives episodes? Download and subscribe at WGVU.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and subscribe if you get a chance. It helps us to know you're listening. Shipping Narratives is produced by WGVU, PBS and NPR in West Michigan, through the facilities of the Meyer Public Broadcast Center, a service of Grand Valley State University. Matt Gruppen processed all the audio. Joe Belenke edits each episode. Vansor designed our graphics and manages our web presence. Delane is our director of content. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of WGU or Grand Valley State University.